Hi, friends, and welcome to the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast, where we discuss Bible prophecy from a pre-tribulational, premillennial, expositional, and rapture-ready point of view. This is Joel Dover. I'm the former professor of eschatology and dean of biblical studies at Calvary Chapel University, a local pastor for more than two decades, and a student of God's Word. Grab your Bibles and let's dig deep. This is the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Joel Dover. Thank you for being with us on the program today. And let me welcome you to Season 2 of the podcast. In our first season, Season 1, getting this podcast off the ground, we did a general overview looking at a number of prophetic texts and trying to put together a scenario from a pre-tribulational, premillennial dispensational, what some would call a futurist point of view. And I hope that you've had opportunity to go back and to listen to all of those episodes. And we're excited now in season two to dig deeper and get into a biblical text. And so we're going to get into the book of Daniel and spend all of season two working passage by passage, verse by verse through the book of Daniel to see everything that the Lord would have for us. I'm so excited about the study I hope that you'll follow along with us through the entire season, and I'd like to encourage you to go ahead and like, subscribe. That way you can be updated every time that we post new content, and of course, it's our intent to post content weekly on Wednesdays. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button for us, and it would sure be a help to us if you would share this podcast with your friends, maybe someone from church, your Sunday school class, or your small group, maybe even your pastor, or someone that is a family member who has interest in these things, a co-worker, just someone in your life who might benefit from this study, would you please go ahead and share that with them? And we thank you. We thank you so much. As we get into the book of Daniel, someone might say, well, why are we starting with Daniel? Of all the books in the Bible, why start with Daniel? Why not just jump right into the book of Revelation? And I would say to you that I know, I know that I know that we love to study the book of Revelation. But friends, we take a futurist point of view, which means that we believe that from Revelation 4 all the way through Revelation 21, all of that takes place in the future. And if we lift those chapters, Revelation 4 to 21, it fits so neatly into the 70th week of Daniel, which is described here. In other words, And I hope I don't lose you here. Daniel sets a larger framework of history, the prophetic history, the prophetic timeline, uh, really going from kingdom's past to kingdom's future. And Revelation is only a small sliver of that pie. And so we'll get to Revelation in season three, and we'll work through the book of Revelation chapter by chapter. But first, we need to start with the book of Daniel so that we have a greater context about how Revelation fits into what the Lord is doing. Now, Daniel, of course, is a very familiar figure in Bible prophecy and a wonderful, wonderful prophetic book. I hope maybe you've had a chance to study Daniel before, but if this is your first time going through the book of Daniel, let me just encourage you. God's going to speak to you and encourage you, and we're going to learn together some wonderful things that God has said prophetically about what is to come and, of course, about things that have already occurred and that are verifiable in history. Daniel's name means God is my judge. He was a young Hebrew lad. He served in the court of Babylon in the days of Israel's captivity. Daniel was a youth when the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah and conquered Judah. And Daniel was one of the young Hebrew boys who was carried away from his homeland in Israel 
to become a part of a Babylonian reculturalization and training program. Now, what Nebuchadnezzar had done is he took some of the choicest and some of the finest youths, the young men of Israel, and he desired to strip them of their Israelite heritage and to try to turn them into good Babylonians. And they, of course, would become servants of the king if they passed the program. Now, the training program was supposed to last for three years. And when these boys were brought into Babylon, they were subjected to a Babylonian education. They learned, of course, the language of the Chaldeans, the literature of the Chaldeans, and everything culturally that they could just be you know, shoved into these boys. And in every attempt to strip away their, 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 their Hebrew identity and to give them a Babylonian identity, that was, of course, the goal. Now, in the book of Daniel, there are four boys who specifically are mentioned by name who were a part of this reculturalization program. Daniel, of course, is the subject of our study here, but the others also appear in Scripture, and we know them. We're very familiar with them. Their Hebrew names, of course, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, but you may know them uh, more familiarly by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and of course, Daniel is referred to in uh, the book of Daniel by his Babylonian name, which was Belteshazzar. So, friends, as we read, we may use some of these names interchangeably. I'll try to refer to them by the name that is in the context uh, that's used in the particular chapters that were used, but it may be helpful for you just to make a mental note that um, these four boys are referred to by their Hebrew names in some texts and by their Chaldean names in another text. Now, if we get into Daniel chapter 1, the Bible mentions in Daniel 1 verse 1 that all of these things began to take place in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, who was the king of Judah. You'll remember, of course, that when uh, David passed away, the kingdom passed to his son Solomon, and it was a unified kingdom in the days of Solomon. But when Solomon passed away, the kingdom was divided. Civil war broke out in Israel. One of the servants, the, the sons of the servants of Solomon, led a rebellion. And so the nation was split north and south. And in the south, uh, Rehoboam became the king. In the north, Jeroboam became the king. And all oh, what a mess that followed for the nation of Israel. By the time that we get down to the days of Daniel, the kingdom has been divided for somewhere around 400 to 450 years, and each side has operated fairly independently with a whole list of kings in the north and a whole list of kings in the south. Now, I don't want to get lost in this. It's not a study of Kings and Chronicles, but uh, just understand that we've had a succession now in the northern kingdom of 19 kings and that every one of them was a wicked king. The northern kingdom was known for its wickedness, for its idolatries, for its paganism. They made a, 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 a false temple, an artificial priesthood, but it was a pagan kind of priesthood in the north. In the south, there were 18 kings and were kind of split 50-50 friends. About half of those kings were good and godly kings, and about half of them were wicked kings. And so just, um, you know, kind of a mixed bag in the South, but at least in the South, there were pockets of revival, pockets of spiritual renewal. There were pockets of cleansing from paganism and restoration of fidelity to Jehovah God. So the, the, the North completely devoid of anything uh, pertaining to the Lord God Almighty. 
absolutely 100% pagan, but the South, kind of a mixed bag. And so the Lord, when he executed judgment on the nation of Israel, he executed it in two parts. First, judgment on the northern kingdom. And the Lord allowed the Assyrian army to come in and to conquer them. And this took place 136 years before the things that we're reading here in the book of Daniel. So many of those Hebrews in the northern kingdom, which was comprised of 10 tribes of Israel, they were carried off in captivity already by the Assyrians while the southern kingdom, again, continued to stand for over a hundred additional years. But the Assyrians, who had conquered the north, they decided that they would invade uh, Babylon. They thought that they could overthrow Babylon, but the Babylonians actually had a uh, military alliance with the Medes and Persians. And so what happened was Assyria was badly defeated and lost their status as a world power, And in the process, Babylon emerged as the leading world empire. Now, they thrived for a time. And at some point in their history, Nebuchadnezzar takes control and he sets his eyes on the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, and he invades it. Now, when they're successful in taking over the southern kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar left King Jehoiakim on the throne, the deportations of Uh, Daniel chapter 1 began. And so over a period of a dozen years or so, people were being carried off from the southern kingdom into Babylon. Some of them, some of these young boys were put into this reculturalization, repatriation program there, uh, like Daniel and his three companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But in Israel, in Judah, a series of rebellions against Babylon began to break out. Two of them were significant and were of note. And after the second of those uh, rebellions, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians came in and just completely sacked Judah. The temple was destroyed. Everyone was taken into captivity. And at that point, Judah as an independent and sovereign nation ceased to exist. They were fully incorporated into the nation of Babylon. Now, if you fast forward in history a little We know that Babylon had its day, Babylon ran its course, but eventually the alliance with the Medes and Persians would break down and the Medes and Persians would would overthrow Babylon and power would change hands again. It's interesting, as we read through the book of Daniel, we'll find that Daniel himself was a prophet to a number of kings in a number of different nations. He served in uh, the Babylonian court, the court of Media, and the court of Persia. Now, as we think about the Old Testament, friends, we know that there are different types of literature in the Old Testament. There are historical books, there are poetic books, there are um, uh, prophetic books, uh, all kinds of different books in the Old Testament. And as we think about the prophetic books, it's interesting, The ma- of the major and minor prophets, only two of those books were written to address the northern kingdom. Three books of prophecy were written to foreign nations. For example, uh, if you read Jonah, Nahum, Obadiah, you'll find that they were written to foreign nations. But listen, 11 books of prophecy were written to the southern kingdom, that is to Judah. And my point is, listen, God seemed to be really working strongly and most strongly, especially through the word of prophecy in the southern kingdom. And Daniel, of course, is a part of that legacy. When Daniel comes into Babylon, he's put into the uh, repatriation, the reculturalization program, 
And Daniel, according to the word of God, quickly gained the favor of the chief eunuch whose job was to oversee that program. The young boys would come in, and of course they were uh, slaves there and uh, servants there, but they were treated very well and put through the repatriation program. And, And many Bible teachers have noted the parallels between the favor of Joseph when Joseph was carried into Egypt as a slave and the favor of Daniel in Babylon. Joseph, of course, taken over into Egypt, thrown into prison, but through the providence of God became second in command in all of Egypt. And here we're going to see that Daniel goes over just a Hebrew youth, no one important really initially in the nation of Babylon, but God so moved in his situation that he rose to be a very powerful man in uh, Babylon. And very quickly, we'll see that the anointing of God on his life brought Daniel to a place of rise in service in Babylon. Okay, early in his service to the king, it became clear that Daniel had a prophetic gift. And that prophetic gift was revealed to Nebuchadnezzar. And what the Lord God did was he so moved upon Daniel that Daniel was able to know things that he shouldn't have known. He was able to know things through the revelation of God that were happening in other people's dreams and in other people's lives. And so the Lord really demonstrated the anointing, the supernatural anointing that was on Daniel, that prophetic office that was that was upon Daniel, and that was a part of his rise to fame and prominence and power there in Babylon. He also was given the ability of the Lord to pray and to interpret dreams. And so I, I just absolutely love the uh, the power of the anointing of God that was on Daniel's life to speak as God's mouthpiece to these particular kings. Let me point out to you before we get any further, and I think this is so important, that we make a distinction between Old Testament and New Testament prophecy. In the Old Testament, when we think about the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, all the minor prophets, these men were moved upon in a very special way to speak as the mouthpiece of God. They were God's mouthpiece to a number of individuals. The Lord moved upon them. They spoke forth the word of God to these individuals. That's why their books are written down for us in the Old Testament. That's why they've been canonized. That's why we receive the word of Daniel, uh, the prophecies of Daniel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, all of these others, as God's holy word. It's scripture. Let me say that in the New Testament era, that God has built the church on the foundation of the prophets and the foundation of the apostles. And while there is a spiritual gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 of prophecy, it's not the Old Testament office of the prophet. The spiritual gift of prophecy, and I would encourage you to do a separate study on this. And of course, you know that I'm a continuationist. I believe in the continuation of the spiritual gifts, but the New Testament gift of prophecy is a different thing altogether. And in the New Testament, people who exercise the gift of prophecy are generally affirming something that the Lord has already placed in your heart, or they're sharing a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom with you. They they have wisdom from the Lord as to what to do, or they have knowledge about what you should do in a situation. But let me be clear. There is no such thing in the New Testament era as an Old Testament prophet, and those who exercise the gift of prophecy in the New Testament are not speaking words of scripture. God has given us the final revelation of the word of God, the holy scriptures, 
And the Bible says that in these last times, Jesus is the word of God, the logos of God. In former times, God spoke through the prophets, but now in these last days, the Bible says, he has spoken to us through his son. Make a distinction, friends, between Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy. That is so important. Okay, let's continue to move on. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. None of his men can interpret that. We'll get into it in detail as we start in chapter 1 and following. But Daniel is given supernatural insight from the Lord to not only tell him what the dream was about, but to interpret the dream for Nebuchadnezzar. And after this, Daniel develops a reputation in Babylon for having this unique ability, which everyone recognized as the hand of God and the work of God upon his life. We'll see that this young Judean youth grew up in Babylon and he served the kings of Babylon and then the kings of the Medes and the Persians. It's so interesting. When you look at the structure of the book of Daniel, it breaks down nicely, really 50-50. You can almost draw a line right through the half of the book, wherein the first half of the book of Daniel is Daniel interpreting the dreams that God gave to these specific kings. The second half of the book of Daniel are the dreams and visions that God specifically gave directly to Daniel. I love this. And so the first half of the book, we'll see Daniel interpret uh, dreams for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. We'll also see Daniel serve in the court of Darius the Mede. And then finally, in the court of Cyrus, the Persian king, a man totally, look, Daniel totally committed to God in a foreign culture and serving kings who weren't, and God used him in a very powerful way. Now, friends, you should know this. This is the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast. I just want to state my biases. We believe in pre-tribulational, pre-millennial theology. We believe in a dispensational hermeneutic, which means that we interpret these things literally. We won't try to spiritualize the book of Daniel. I won't allegorize it. We'll take the Bible in its plain, literal meaning. When I look at the book of Daniel, I see specific promises. I believe the dates are given, the events are given in a very specific, precise, and accurate way. I believe that Daniel prophesies a coming kingdom and that it's a literal kingdom. And so friends, lovingly, and of course, without creating any disunity or, or attempting to create disunity among the body of Christ, but lovingly, I reject an allegorical interpretation of the book of Daniel or an amillennial point of view, which seeks to spiritualize these things, or a preterist view, which seems to interpret these as though they have already existed. I believe that we are to look at this as a uh, historical book. There are many historical things spoken of here. There are also future things spoken of here. And very clear signposts that as we read and interpret in the Bible's plain, literal meaning with a good hermeneutic, teach us about the things that are to come, things that are unpacked for us when we get to the book of Revelation. I will say, although we won't be really looking at the book of Revelation until season three of the podcast, I will say that I also believe that Revelation is future, that it's specific, and that it is literal as well. Of course, that means that when we come across things that are symbolic, we interpret them symbolically, but we don't try to make things that are best understood in their plain literal meaning to be something that's symbolic or allegorical when there's no reference or reason in the text for us to do that. I believe that when people try to spiritualize the books of Daniel, Revelation, these other prophetic texts, that they miss the plain literal meaning and the clear things 
of God's word. We don't want to misunderstand the word. We want to understand. So in my point of view, in the premillennial point of view, the pre-tribulational premillennial point of view, when we get to Revelation, Revelation chapter 1 is the continuation of Daniel chapter 12. So think of Daniel as the overview of the things that are to come, the rise and fall of kingdoms, uh, the 70 weeks leading us to the time of the tribulation, making specific mention and, and really the origin of the term, the abomination of desolation, speaking of the Antichrist, which is to come. And then as we finish the book of Daniel, we'll be ready to really dial in on the tribulation period or what in Daniel's book is called the 70th week and to see those things in detail, which are to come in the future. So John's revelation really picking up where Daniel chapter 12 closes out. So important that we start here in the book of Daniel. We're going to be looking at some specific terms. I want to just get your mind primed for this. As we get into this, this Daniel study, we'll be talking about the 70 weeks. And if you stay with us through the study, we'll explain what that means. We'll unpack that for you. We'll be talking about the concept of weeks of years and thinking, remember, uh, remembering to think very Jewishly as we read the, the Bible, especially the Old Testament. We'll be talking about the abomination of desolation, which is a very specific term in the Bible that believers and students of prophecy should understand. And we'll be talking about the times of, a, of the Gentiles, which is a very specific season of years leading up to the rapture of the church. We're going to unpack these. We're going to learn these terms as we study through the book of Daniel. And we want to seek to understand what the Lord would say to us and what he would have us to understand as we just look at the book of Daniel again. Thank you for being with us during this introduction. In our next study, we'll get into Daniel chapter 1 and begin reading and unpacking scripture verse by verse, passage by passage, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Appreciate you being with us today. I pray the Lord's richest blessings upon you. Hope you're excited. I'm getting pumped up. I'm getting primed now for the book of Daniel. It's going to be a great study together. So I'll look for you next time here on the Pre-Trib Prophecy Podcast. May the Lord richly bless you.